1: Good morning, and welcome to the first edition of Start Your Engines here from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Sitting here with Ronnie Black pushing the buttons. Good morning. Good morning, Ronnie and Greg Moore. It's a great thing. I like I like how that that starts your engine. It sounds good. I like I like that. Well, that's Tony hey. Holman, and I, I, that was lifted from. A, 1977, which was actually the last year he said it because he passed away before the next race. I like our, music. I like our opening music, too. Well, that was, uh, actually, Hannah picked that out. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> we were riding around trying to find something with a long lead in, and she said, I got one here, and it was uh, Three Steps by Leonard Skinner. You have taught that young lady well. Well, thank you. She's and, a big and country And it sound good. Sounds, it real sounds real good. real good. I'd like to start out by thanking everybody that made this possible. Uh, we weren't so sure a month or so ago that we were going to have a morning racing show or, or any racing show on uh, on this station. But um, we put this thing together with the help of uh, Ryan Clary and Mark Hauser and, of course, uh, Ryan Delaney. But Clary and Hauser uh, just bent over backwards to make this happen, and uh, I can't thank them enough for all they did for us. Uh, you know they're they're great assets to this station. With uh, I, you know, I was thinking, how many stations have a uh, two Division One basketball voices on the same show or on the same station? Not many. I know. I think that's pretty good. So thank you so much uh, mark and uh and ryan and ryan for getting us back on the air and we'll try to live up to the the uh reputation that the previous show uh brought to this station and we can't do much better than starting out with uh, the vice chairman of nascar which we'll have on about 20 after mr mike helton yeah he he's as far as you can go unless you're a france <laughs> that's
2: right so well, he's basically three steps he is a big friend of this station, a big
3: friend of Spartanburg, because he, he really appreciates the history
1: of NASCAR that comes out of Spartanburg. Yeah. No he doubt sure about does. It. And um, uh, speaking of that history, I, I want to do this, and, and this will come from the heart. Um, you know, right the week after uh, the last show we had was when uh, we lost uh, Bud Moore, who was probably the best friend that this show had uh the 10th member ever elected to the nascar hall of fame a world war ii five-time purple heart recipient and and just the greatest man i ever knew he was my hero and um we lost him the thanksgiving weekend right after our our last show of the year and i know um speaking for everybody uh we i would like to and i haven't said anything about this to you greg and ronnie but uh i remember when my mother died dale wilkerson dedicated that show to my mother i'd like to dedicate this whole year to bud moore absolutely that sounds good to me because i tell you what i wouldn't be nothing without
2: him and uh he was my best friend my father my best friend spent a lot of time together so that's something what Perry wants to do and ronnie wants to that that sounds great listen there
3: weren't many days in the last 25 years that you weren't with your dad were they
2: probably more than that uh it's unbelievable you know uh a lot of people they lose a parent and they 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 feel bad about the fact that they Mm -hmm. didn't get to spend time with the thing I've got is we did spend a lot of quality time together and he was like my best, best friend, my father. And, uh, he started carrying me to races. Well, I had to wait till I was 12 before mama, I could go with, <laughs> I could go with the guys. Of course, after about one trip, I know what I wanted to do. And, uh, but just a wonderful father and, and a great person that, uh, Done good things in World War II and and really helped NASCAR a lot. And I'm I'm just very fortunate to to have been born his baby boy. Well, listen, I really didn't
3: know the extent of his career in the military. Uh, I knew him as as the uh, the, the history of, of NASCAR in Spartanburg, of course, growing up here all my life. But I didn't really understand all the things he did in World War II, and one I always tell people, I've learned since you know we've we've been associated together, Greg, is that he made an engineering improvement in the middle of the war on a fifty caliber machine gun that saved countless
2: thousands of men's lives, and yeah, people don't know that. Yeah, he did, and and the biggest thing was like. Most are all World War II veterans or, or Korean veterans, anybody mm-hmm. that's been at the front lines. Uh, my mama always told us, that Don't, don't, you know, as we was getting older and, and learning stuff in school, said, so Don't mention anything about the war around it. Yeah. You know, and uh, he never said too much about it up to 1994 when it had the 50th anniversary of D Day, and mm-hmm. Ford wanted him to. And so they wanted to honor him, so he had he had to he had to talk and and cough up some of these bad memories and everything. But uh, it was easier for him then than it was in 1957 or 1950. I mean, you know.
1: Well, tough. everybody knows he made all these innovations and inventions to do with stock car racing and everything. But you were talking about the machine gun. That's not the only thing he this was an invention this was a perfection right the foxhole now how in the world can you improve a hole in the ground (laughs) but he did because he cut back under the side of it so where you could roll up under there and he as he said it, you wouldn't get splattered when the bombs went off and everything (laughs) because he said when a bomb went off it wasn't just a bomb it was chunks of wood and rocks and everything and so he dug out the side of the foxhole where he could roll up in there and uh how in the world would somebody think to improve a hole in the ground? So, Bud Moore, uh, as far as I know, Greg would know better than me, but I don't know of a time that he ever couldn't come on the show. I mean, maybe there towards the end, but he was he was always, and came into the studio most of the time, and was just always uh, uh, friendly and cooperative and did whatever he could to help us out here at the radio station with our show. And, uh i tell you what, he can't be replaced. We'll do the best we can.
3: Listen, no matter what kind of mood he he was in, how he felt, he never failed to answer the call when we needed him. That's
2: exactly right. You know, and thinking about that part, and we've talked about it several times, it seemed like for two people that were very elderly, Cotton Owens and Bud Moore, We got some of the best interviews out of those men, and they were 90 years old. I mean, it's just incredible.
1: Well, Bud Moore's going to live on because luckily, and Ronnie, me and you may have to do something with this. uh, I've got, when we wrote the book together, I've got hours and hours of interviews with him. And we can lift uh, any kind of war story or clip from here and there, and uh, and we can bring him back on the show anytime we want to if you and I can put that together somehow. I think I think we can work on that. I mean, that would be great and when you hear it, because uh, I've still got the recording that I, I think we played it here one time when uh, Bud Moore and I uh, did Bill Drake's show. Mm-hmm. and I, I remember hap- that. I just happened to be on there when he was on and, and did his D-Day, because Bill Drake used to have him on every year for D-Day and i've got one of those uh and it it really doesn't change it doesn't matter what year it's from this was probably about 2006 or seven like that and uh we're gonna let bud moore come on this show every every chance we can and uh uh because the things he said are timeless and racing history is racing history
2: yeah no doubt about it and i appreciate the fact that uh you know of doing that and uh like I say, I, I'm still having trouble dealing with it, uh, even after several months. But, yeah, uh, but yeah that'd be great. So like I say, Perry, Perry does have a lot of recordings that I haven't even heard. And uh, that'd be something really I think the
1: listeners would like. Yeah, I think they would, too. I know I would. <laughs> well, Perry, since this is a new show, why don't you tell all of our fans what they can expect from Saturday Saturday? Well... We're going to break it up into three sections, three segments. In the first segment, we're going to pretty much do what we're doing now and just BS, and we have some housekeeping to do this week, so I wanted to thank Clary and, and everybody right. for getting us on air and Hauser and dedicate the show for the year to Bud Moore and let Greg say what he wanted to say um, about it. The second segment is when we're going to try to have our, our guest, our legends guest, and we'll try to have a good one every week. This week, you know, we sort of started at the top with Mike Helton, who – you think about it, it's not like he doesn't have something else to do this morning. He's got uh, a <laughs> a right, right in the middle of speed weeks, and uh, he's going to take time out to talk to us. And then the last segment is when we'll bring on our expert, which I still will put up against any expert on any network television show, and that's Nelson Crozier, who is going to be probably 90% of the time at the track telling us exactly what's happening if he can find a quiet spot where the race cars aren't making too much noise. And uh, we'll make our picks like we always did. And the point standings for the championship this year, which actually has no prize attached to it other than pride and honor, is um, if you pick the winner, you get one point. If you don't, you don't get any points. And if nobody picks the winner, nobody gets a point. Works for me. So uh, it's going to be real easy to keep up with. And you can figure that whoever's the champion from the four of us uh, pick the most winners. And now, listen,
3: we are going to be going to break in just just a couple of seconds here. But one thing we are going to do with this show is going to we're going to invite callers to call us. Absolutely, that's number correct. The number is 864-468-1400. Now, next segment, we're going to have Mike Hilton on, so we can't get you on together right there. But anytime you hear us talking live in the studio, give us a call, and we will try
1: to answer your question. Or you can make a comment and tell us what's going on. We're not going to be so heavily Towards the local results because we had a lot of that last year and a lot of interviews and they were great, but right now we've only got an hour show and um, we're just not going to be. We're going to talk NASCAR. We're going well, racing in general. I mean, we get Indy fired up in Formula One. We're going to talk everything, and uh, and we'll have the local people on. But if somebody. Is it a track and they wants to tell us what happened this week or something? We'll be glad to hear it. Sure. But we're going to take a break right now. Our first segment, we'll come back with Mike Helton. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg on 1400 AM and 98.3 FM.
4: Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? A-Plante. Seventy years? How many folks are we still serving every week? A-Plante. Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a-Plante? let's Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946.
5: Let's be honest for a minute about the New Way. Honestly, the Redneck Cheeseburger is amazing. The Redneck Nachos are also made with the New Way's famous pimento cheese. And they're delicious, too. And now you can get in and out of the New Way for lunch in just 30 minutes. The New Way, which has stood in the same location since 1938, proves you can teach an old place new tricks, as our lunch service is now just plain fast. The New Way, still going strong after nearly 80 years. 373 East Kennedy Street. Look for the PBR sign in the big red door. Come in for a delicious and quick lunch today. Like to be up a little later than the misses? Yeah, me too. Hey, you love sports and so do we. So much so that we decided to keep it going locally till well past midnight. And wouldn't you know it, the Suits have elected me, KB, as the mayor of late nights here in the Sparkle City. Stay up late with me, KB, weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400.
0: Now on FM at 98.3. It's the call nobody
6: wants to make. Your home or business has water or fire damage or mold. Let Service Master of the Upstate make that call a little easier. Service Master of the Upstate restores homes and businesses alike. If you've been hit with mold or fire or water damage, call today at 582-3451. Service Master of the Upstate also cleans carpets, rugs, and hard surface flooring. Make that call a little easier. Call Dyer and Amanda Jennings at Service Master of the Upstate, 582-3451, 582-3451.
4: Mauricio and Juan at La Paz Mexican Restaurant in Boiling Springs say come on in for lunch or dinner. La Paz offers authentic Mexican fare seven days a week. Want a quick and inexpensive weekday lunch? La Paz lunch special starts at just four fifty. Mauricio invites you to try La Paz traditional Mexican cuisine along with great salads, the Texas fajita, and vegetarian options. Enjoy your favorite adult beverage including the $1.50 draft beer while on special from the La Paz Fully Stocked Bar. Tell Mauricio Fox Sports 1400 sent you to La Paz Mexican Restaurant right across from the post office on Highway 9 in Boiling Springs. <laughs>
7: Sure, you can buy steaks, chops, and other cuts of meat a lot of places, often cut hours or even days earlier. But if you want your next great steak, wild game, pork, or other cut of meat perfectly marbled and aged between 40 and 70 days, then Tate Meatworks is the place for you. Tate's offers Angus, Prime, and other heritage breed cuts so meticulously aged you can't screw it up unless you burn it. For your next melt-in-your-mouth steak, visit Tate Meatworks, 435 East Main Street near downtown Spartanburg.
0: The Dan Patrick show weekdays from nine to noon on Spartanburg's Fox sports 1400 now on FM at
5: 98.3.
1: Welcome back to start your engines on Fox sports Spartanburg. And I would like to, we have the man, we have the man. That's right. Uh, Oh, I didn't catch that. That was very (laughs) clever, Ronnie. Um, and the man is the vice chairman of NASCAR and the first guest ever on Start Your Engines, Mr. Mike Helton. Good morning, Mike.
8: Good morning, man. Thanks for having me on board. Well,
1: thank you so much. You're our first guest, and we're proud that we... Uh, I told Greg, you know, we're kind of starting at the top, and I guess we'll have to work our way down after having you on. And
8: <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about that part, but I'm glad to be on there with you this morning.
1: Well, thank you, and you've. Uh, we love having you on, and uh, I... Guess you're uh, got a lot of leisure time down there this morning,
8: huh? Ah, uh, we're qualifying expanded cars right now, so we, we've always got a lot going on when you get to Saturday before the Daytona 500. But uh, the sun's shining and it feels bright and sunny like Florida should this time of year. So we're all excited about what we'll get done on the racetrack tomorrow or today and tomorrow.
3: Well, we are watching the races Thursday night. And one of the things a lot of people are talking about were the number of wrecks. Have Has there been any discussion among the upper echelon of NASCAR about those?
8: Not really, because I think yesterday's practice uh, answered a lot of what ifs that people had from Thursday. And there were cars, I think, Thursday night that uh, could move all over the place. You know, Ricky Stenhouse, uh, Kevin Harvick. A couple of them that you saw moving around just wherever they wanted to, so their handling uh was was where uh maybe it was too good according to one of them but the uh but you have to remember that our our schedules over time in Daytona have have gotten more efficient and and so they practiced Saturday with the five hundred cars they qualified Sunday with the Daytona five hundred car. We then impounded that car. And they got it back Thursday to just tweak it a little bit uh, for the for the duels. And so they hadn't had a lot of time to to hone in the handling that they would want to do um, before the duels that they'll have before the 500. And I think yesterday's practice, today's practice, obviously will be important. Yeah. Um, but I think I think just the the whole way the calendar unfolds. Uh, what happened on Thursday night? Uh, we we obviously had concerns about, but we weren't overly concerned, thinking that that there'll be time for these teams to make adjustments to where their cars handle better and and don't have that uh, uh, as much aerial effect on each other as they did. That showed when they were break the wind off of them and a couple of them spun and spin out.
2: Well, anyway, Mike, I, I thought both events uh, on Thursday night were just absolutely fantastic. You know. Casey Elliott got his win, which had been long overdue, and uh, Ryan Blaney drove by Pagano, who had led most of the race. But in general, I thought they were two of the better uh, qualifiers that we've seen in a while. I mean, they they, they moved around a little bit, but uh, it seemed like it was it was. People were able to make grooves. I mean, I know like yeah. pa- Paul Menard was in the Wood Brothers car and run like second or third about all night long in, in their their qualifier. But at least people could move out. And if somebody went with them, it seemed like they could do something. And And that part I really did like. So, yeah.
8: Uh, I think you're right. I think in the clash on Sunday, those guys that participated in had a chance to to play with each other and see what would happen with that group of cars. And then what we saw Thursday night, I think, was, was a further process de- undeveloped or developing itself and unfolding. And, uh, but it was good Thursday to see uh, the uh, Chase Elliott, uh, Darrell Wallace Jr. having a, a strong finish in the first one behind uh, the Penske cars and, and Ryan Blaney. Uh, playing the cards to where he ended up in front when the checker flag come out so it's 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 interesting to watch those unfold and as we build up to the 500 and you get more and more of those cars together with each other in practice yesterday and again today and uh it, it, it's in the, there's a handful of cup guys that are in the uh, Xfinity race this afternoon so it's a as you know Greg from your experience it's a it's a spool up process, and we're right in the middle of spooling up for the
1: 500. Well, Mike, one thing that I found interesting was the race last night with the trucks. I mean, uh, that was uh, two and three abreast was uh, was the norm, and I just ha- have to think it's because of the shape of those trucks, blowing that big hole through the air, that they're able to race around in a s- sort of a different configuration than the than the Xfinity and the Cup cars. Yeah, there's
8: there's no question that the truck racing is, is some of our most popular core racing product, and it, it is in Daytona, and it is in a, oh, nearly everywhere we go, uh, but yes, you're right. The, the, just a aero configuration of that pickup truck is going to offer up a whole different uh, dynamic around the wind on the race vehicles out there and, and it shows up as, as a very entertaining show for
1: everybody well one thing i loved was uh you had a guy that last year was too young to to be in the race um at number 24 and his name slips my mind right now but he almost he almost won the thing he was 18 years old and uh right behind him you've got joe neumentech which is about 150 <laughs> so uh i mean
8: and Jim- and the winner, solder is not a young chicken, but he's, he's, you know, he's not an old guy, but he's, but, And he'd been there before, and a, yep, yeah.
1: and a multiple winner, so, I, I mean, I thought the truck race was terrific.
8: Oh, we he ain't about, about that. that. The, the fans chattering about it, it, uh, it was, uh, it was a good, good start for the truck series last night.
1: I wanted to say one thing, and I, and I, I'm not going to end this on a down note, but I, I wanted to come. I didn't get to tell you the time, but I wanted to commend you on uh, coming to Spartanburg so soon after the um, the banquet or the the ceremonies out there in Las Vegas for to come to do the eulogy at Bud Moore's uh, services, which I thought you did a fantastic job. And well, I don't know if you realize it or not, and you probably have, uh, but this is the 40th anniversary of Bud Moore winning the Daytona 500.
8: Yeah, somebody mentioned that earlier, and it's it's funny how time slips by and goes on. And and when you start celebrating 40th win or anniversary of him, his car winning 20th year since Earnhardt won his only Daytona 500. I I just don't know where the calendar goes on us, but but what a special character he was in our sport in person, but his influences will exist in our sport for generations to come. And, And it was an honor for me to be able to, to come say goodbye to him it was sad to have to say goodbye to him but man what a great character he was from day one until the last second and and i know greg your family knows all of that but there are so many people in this industry that have to thank bud more for the opportunities that he mentored them through uh and i think the generations will be impacted by his his involvement in our sport but I, I, I wouldn't have traded the, the, the private times with him with anything. He and Rooster were just absolutely hilarious. Uh, out just doing nothing but just sitting and talking.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, my, I, wait, the, the Moore family, uh, we can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, NASCAR, you're re- represented with you and Winston and uh,
8: uh Jim France. Huh? Jim France.
2: yep, and, and yep. that meant so much to to the family, and, uh, but it was just, it's just incredible. I, I mean, all I can do is just say thank you, and, uh, yeah. it was a perfect deal. It was a sad day, but, uh, but like I say, I, I, I'm just glad that I was born in to be a son of Bud Moore's, and, uh, it's, a, it, to me right now, it's a whole different world without him, but, yeah. time goes on but uh y'all nascar handled the whole publicity part and everything did perfect can't thank y'all enough
8: well it was our honor thank you for letting us
1: do that well mike we sure appreciate you taking time and of course i was being facetious about you having a lot of spare time i know you're covered up you're so busy thank you so much for coming on um start your engines with us being our first guest and uh uh appreciate everything you do for nascar keeping us abreast of what's going on and uh hopefully maybe we can have you on towards the end of the year
8: look forward to it and good luck with your your start your engine i know it's a a tried and true product with a new name on it but uh, good luck in 2018 and thank you to all the fans that follow you uh who, who by following you follow nascar and 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 get a perspective to it that that may not get anywhere else so Thank you all for having me, and good luck this year, and I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. That's Mike Helton, the vice chairman of NASCAR. And, uh, well, you can't do much better than that, can you?
3: No, it just hit 1030. He told us he needed to get off at 1030, folks. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> and it just clicked over at 1030, so maybe he'll be willing to come back. Uh,
2: no doubt about it. And, and Mike, you know, he, he's the first class act. Absolutely. And, you know, he started out uh, like at Bristol, then was president of talladega Mm -hmm. and went up through the ranks and i remember when they they named him president uh which was about i think it was three or four years before we got out of racing whatever and me and me and bud were going down the road and uh what we we just had heard about it like the day before we hit daytona and daddy says you know that was a good move that was a very smart move on NASCAR to do that. Well, I know this morning we've kind of a, we're
3: kind of bud more heavy, but that's okay. It's, he he was that heavy in the sport, but I think it speaks so well of Mike Helton, Bill France, those guys that came down to your dad's service because there was absolutely nothing in it for them. Yeah. Nobody would notice if they didn't come to these services, but they took it upon themselves to come say goodbye to a man they thought so much of.
1: Well, I mean the the NASCAR banquet, whatever they call it now, in Las Vegas was the was the weekend before, mm-hmm. and uh, so they uh, they were pretty busy and nowhere near South Carolina, you know. So they had to rearrange some travel arrangements. Okay. Now our phone lines
3: it. our phone lines are open four eight four six eight Fourteen hundred, of course. That's eight six four thrown in front of that, 864-468-1400. If you'd like to
1: say something to us, give us a call. Well, I tell you what, we uh, now. I hope this doesn't turn into stump to experts, <laughs> 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 but uh, if you got a question or you want to quiz us or, or anything, that that'll be great. Um, or if you have a suggestion for the show, that's exactly. right. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say, Ronnie. Um, while well, we got a second here, I will throw in. Uh, I didn't realize while Greg and I were running around last Saturday that the ARCA race was last Saturday afternoon.
3: Yeah, I actually watched it. Did you? I did. It was it was a good race to watch.
1: Well, tell us about it.
3: Well, the thing <laughs> it really brought home to me where the the Cup guys now for the last couple of years they've done the the white flag finish, and you know the the ARCA guys don't do that. They keep going until they have a finish. Oh, is that right? And they had three or four final laps. Had guys falling out with no gas. Had guys trying to duck in and get a splash and go and still compete. And that was so much fun to see again after not seeing it for a few years.
1: Well, uh, it was also interesting that I didn't realize that they had a, a lady on the pole, Natalie, yeah. Natalie Decker. She drove a good race, too. Yeah, uh, she finished. She finished up uh, in the top ten somewhere.
3: And uh, this this may be very
1: sexist of me to say, she's not hard to look at, either. Well, that's a, I don't personally think there's anything wrong with saying that. <laughs> um, uh, Michael Self actually won the race in a Toyota. Yeah over uh, Willie Mullins, who was second in a Ford, and Sheldon Creed was third. And, um, of course, you got to look down and find out where James Hilton Carr came in. And yeah. I guess he had a tough time, only... He didn't finish the race, but it was only six laps back. So, I, did yeah. he, was he involved it, in an accident or what? I, I
3: think it was late. It's, all of it's running together. I, it was the 92-lap race. My short-term memory is, is not
1: like <laughs> it used to be. It was a 92-lap race, and he completed 86 of them, but yeah. he didn't finish. So. And Brad Smith is James Hilton's driver, so that's somebody and, that we can... Uh, and he may have been one of the guys who ran out of gas. I don't yeah. know. Well, maybe we can think about having James on here in a few, week or two. And uh, um, we uh, certainly... We want to support our local drivers uh, no matter what uh, series they're racing. So right now, we're going to take another break, and uh, we're going to come back for our last segment and have Nelson Crozier. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg, 1400 a.m.
6: Here comes lunchtime. Do you know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today.
7: Sure, it's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information, but what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That's where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Jannie Montgomery Scott, located right here in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. Trent can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning, for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit trentlancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC.
5: This is KB for Animal Allies. In a cold world, it breaks my heart to see stray dogs and cats on the loose, knowing that any moment they could, well, you know the rest. Animals need all the help they can get. They need an ally, and Animal Allies is just the place to offer that help. Animal Allies is the best low-cost spay and neuter clinic in the upstate. Don't overpay to help fix Spartanburg's stray animal problem. Animal Allies makes doing the right thing affordable. Asheville Highway in Spartanburg or visit online at animalalliesclinic.org. Forever to be.
0: And you can put Spurs on this one. The Garnet
6: and Black play here.
0: He dives and makes the catch.
6: Catch the Gamecocks in action all
0: season long. Blasted, deep to Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3.
8: If you're in the market for a job in manufacturing or distribution or you run a business and are in need of employees in fields ranging from small-scale construction to large mechanical contracting to manufacturing, packaging, and warehousing, then let CRS help. CRS has been a reliable bridge that runs in both directions for employers and job seekers. Get your next great search started today. Call CRS at 336-2405, stop by 337 Spartan Green Boulevard in Duncan, or online at crshighright.com.
0: Hi, this is Dan Patrick. Join me in the Danettes weekday mornings at 9 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3.
1: Well, you know, you had a... What was that something? I'm the man, I'm the man for Mike Helton. So you bring on crazy train for Nelson Crozier. I don't, is there a connection there?
3: No, not really, because it's going to be another minute
1: or two before we get to talk to Nelson. Okay. I was thinking about you. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I accept the honor. <laughs> Welcome back to Start Your Engines, our first edition here on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And uh I tell you what, looking at the weather out there, Mike's talking about what a beautiful day it is. Uh, down in Daytona today looks like a good day to stay inside and watch racing to me, because it's uh, cold and it's going to get real wet. And another thing too, we've
2: been used to. It got up to seventy-seven degrees yesterday. I know seventy-four I... the day before that, and here we are in February. Of course, the groundhogs probably saw his shadow, whatever. But I don't even specific, know what that means. I, I don't. I don't know either, but. Uh, (laughs) something that they always do but uh, they make a big deal of it anyway but but we went we went from really warm weather and it's going to turn back cold
1: so well it's just for today tomorrow is supposed to be back up into the 60s and uh and the rest of the week is supposed to be pretty uh pretty warm and wet so uh i think right now we're going to go to our expert our man in Daytona on the scene mr nelson crozier good morning nelson good morning how is it down there today we just had mike helton on and he said it's uh shorts and flip-flop weather
9: oh no question about it hold
1: on one second oh okay nelson <laughs> <laughs> nothing okay, like uh,
9: yeah nothing shorts like live radio be, you got it but uh yeah, I mean, the whole week down here has been uh, you know, tremendous uh, good weather. It had some fog in the morning, but that's not unusual.
1: Well, what's been your impression so far of the uh, the Twin uh, 150s and the qualifying and the, the side drafting and everything that's going on down there?
9: The cars are fairly unstable because everybody's pushed them. You know, once the best aerodynamics going, uh, so, you know, it takes a lot of weight. You know, the nose, uh, you know, kind of want to push like, uh, down under the air. Uh you know, I think people run some stuff. You get, you get a lot of modulation. Uh, Nelson, you're,
1: Nelson, you're breaking up just a little bit. I, I, okay. Uh,
9: this any better? Yeah, that's a lot better. Uh, no, I think they learned a lot in the duals, so they'll go ahead and, uh, you know, make the car a little more stable. Uh, the, the Camaros have a pointed nose, so it's kind of hard to push anybody without spinning them out. Uh, the rear ends are down on the ground, which uh, presents a problem. You know, uh, they come out of the pit stop with uh, low tire pressure. The rear ends are actually, the track bars are scraping. Which are presenting problems?
1: Do they have any suspension at all in the back of the in the in the rear of the cars or the front for that matter? But it looks like, sounds to me like it's practically like a go kart.
9: You got it. That's very close to what they are, and uh, you know, suspension's there for a reason. And When you take it out, uh, you take a variable out, but you also take drivability out.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. And I've never understood exactly uh, when they started years ago you know letting the shocks pull the car lower even though it went through the, the inspection room at a certain height when you go out on the racetrack the shocks would actually jack the car down and when they That's come back in it let it let them back up and oh in the twins the other night i saw more sparks
3: than i ever remember seeing from I, the rear end of the car yeah i ain't never well, seen that many yep. sparks
9: the other thing they're doing with the track bar, they're cranking it all the way so that uh, it skews or pushes the uh, body of the car over to the left. So it's better aerodynamically, but it's definitely does not help the handling and it drops it down so low that the track bar bracket uh, is rubbing on the racetrack. Well, some, that, something
3: Barry and I were talking about. During the commercial a while ago, we, he and I disagree on this. Maybe you can settle it having seen them in person. I didn't think the new Camaros looked much like a Camaro.
9: It's the Camaro ZL1, and it's not supposed to look like the other Camaros.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But you're right about that pointed nose, because wasn't it a, in the qualif, qualifying race the other night? Didn't McMurray he bumped uh, somebody with that pointed nose and, and caused that big crash on the backstretch. He, 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 I think he hit a Ford, but whatever it was, it was, he hit somebody with that pointed nose and that was it.
9: Right. Unless you get that pointed nose dead square in the middle of the rear, it's going to push you one side or the other. And remember 200 miles an hour, you can take one little finger and push on the quarter panel of a car, you know, theoretically. And the thing will spin out.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, Tell me this now. I've heard they're making a lot of adjustments and trying to get uh a handle on this uh new rule about uh how many people you can have over the pit wall for a pit stop. That's uh that's causing quite a bit of consternation.
9: Well it is uh people have gotten spoiled. You know, years ago you used to have this uh, front tire carrier carried his carrier own tire. Rear tire carrier, uh you know, rear tire changer carried his tire. Uh so, you know, it's really a step back uh you know, one less person on pit road—it's safer. It's one less person you got to pay, so you know it's uh, theoretically cheaper. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, the three Xfinity car is going to be short a couple of people. Uh, they had to go through the uh, new camera inspection station four times, so they lost three people. So we'll have to pull somebody from other teams in order to fill in for that. Uh, but so far in the cup series everything uh through the optical uh, system has been going fairly smooth
1: well i know last night in the uh, truck race of course it was due to an accident but i think it was matt crafton um he came into the pits with a torn up truck and they had too many people over the pit wall and he wasn't going anyplace anyway because he tore the heck out of the back of the truck but uh they they, uh, they penalized him two laps. They just made him sit there in the pits, and uh, he the car was too da- the truck was too damaged to uh, to be competitive. I don't think, but uh, the the crew chief was furious, and you could uh, you could read his lips, and it wasn't for uh, children to to read. I don't think
9: that's right. Uh, well, the uh, the rule uh, uh, last year was if there are too many over the wall on a pit stop, they park you. Uh, this year, it's a two lap penalty. Wow.
2: That's, that's a long way from where we were uh, years ago, Nelson, but no uh,
9: question about it. And you know, a lot of new rules, regulations, uh, the biggest change probably on the pit stops over than only five people, you now get issued your uh, impact wrench as opposed to, uh, having your own strict up one. Uh, oh. each team will get, uh, be issued three impact wrenches, which record the torque, uh, you know, every time you hit a log and, uh, that's stored and, uh, transmitted, you know, back to the officials.
2: So in other words that they're handing out NASCARs controlling the tools, the tools now is uh, that's correct.
9: Wh- Not only the, the tool, but the pressure regulator as well.
3: Wh- what is the impact of that or, and were people in some way trying to cheat with their, their well, impact ranges?
9: Uh, not necessarily cheap because there was no rule against it, but yes, they were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, on new technology, different gases, and whatever, in order to make the guns faster. Uh, these new guns are heavier, uh, they're a little uh, harder to, uh, to work with. Uh, so, you know, that presents a, a problem until they really get used to them. But they're about a half a second per tire slower.
1: Than the old ones. wow i remember uh, danny fowler used to tell me about it because he was bud morris jack man for all those years uh about all the jacks he had and uh he would uh do things to trick up his jack and and, and make them light I, I remember they used to use it was just like an old floor jack and you had to pump it about 15 times to get the car off the ground and and now what's like a pump maybe two and it's and it's they're lightweight and uh Jacks is another. Are they going to start handing out jacks too, or is that pretty much
9: uh, nothing much? You never, you're nothing never left know, you can do. Uh, uh, I, you can't do as much with the jack, uh, you know, as you could with the impact wrench. But like you say, the old four jacks, you know, three, four, five pumps. You know, somebody small like me could pump them up easy. Now <laughs> with these new ones that are one pump, you got to weigh two hundred plus pounds, and it's got a six foot handle on it. Wow! So, you know, uh, it works, but you've got to be happy to make it work.
1: You remember, I, I mean, I, I read one time about a uh, smoky unit came up, and he kept it covered up with a rag. He had a wrench one time that took all five lugs off at one time.
9: That's correct.
1: <laughs> they told him, to don't bring that thing back to the track. I think it looked like a big spider.
9: Right. Well, you know, I came up with a few things, uh,
1: you know, they didn't <laughs> like
9: either. There was nothing in the rule against it, but, you know, they don't like it. Get it out of
1: here. Well, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because, I mean, I remember sitting up there in a a, a bar in uh, Mooresville with you and Greg, and you showed me the lug wrench, the lug nut you invented that uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but it had like a plastic liner or something in it, and when it was tight enough, it oozed the plastic out through uh, slots or holes or something, and I thought that was brilliant. Uh, and, and I don't know why in the world NASCAR wouldn't want to uh, adopt something like that because this was when one week it was okay to have three lugs the next week you had to have them all tight so it was you know it was a crazy period but I thought you came I thought that was genius on your part to come up with that lug as a, yeah, well, you I've, still carrying got that patents around I've on
9: it uh, uh, yep I've got patents on it and, uh, you know the insert can either be plastic or ceramic but it fractures uh, you know when it's snug up against the wheel uh, and you know the technology is there now where you can actually have it where it will fracture the given torque. Uh, but you know, I presented it to, but it's not mandatory. Uh, so, you know, if something's mm-hmm. going to show somebody up, they don't want to use it. So, uh, you know, we still got it. Uh, you know, the rights to it are for sale. Somebody wants to buy it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, well, i tell what, uh, like I say, we was up there in more you know, getting ready to do a, a book signing, menu and, and, and uh When you talked about it, that is very innovative. And, and I think that would have solved a lot of problems uh, versus some of the stuff they're doing now. I mean, well, for one thing, uh, Mr. Heard from Ingersoll ran out, yes, he got no business uh, working on air rinse no more.
9: I understand he can still work on the, uh, truck air wrenches, but apparently not on the cup. And I'm not sure about the Xfinity at this point.
1: Well, I didn't even think of the ramifications of putting somebody out of a job.
9: <laughs> well, well, that, uh, deal went back to his grandfather, uh, with a forever deal with Bill France senior. And so I think that's probably the last of the handshake deals has now gone away wow
1: so uh you've got the uh Xfinity's out there qualifying right now what's the what's the latest on that do they uh, now, aren't they using those body panels or whatever you were explaining to us last year is that something that uh they've uh, put into effect this year or am I right. thinking of... I'm
9: not sure whether it's mandatory or not but most of them have the uh opposite bodies uh where they have a, uh, they're calling a flange system where they just slip together. Uh, and in theory it was going to stop, you know, all these high dollar body hangers or whatever. In practicality, it made no difference.
1: Okay. Well, what's going to happen when one of these cars wreck? I mean, is, is this thing made of metal? It's not made of metal. Is it like a, a composite, like the, uh, like the, the splitter or something like that? I mean, are they going to oh, have right. well, like fiberglass all over the
9: place? Uh, yeah, you know, it's a composite material. It's not going to fracture like fiberglass. Uh, if you watch the ARCA race, all those cars have the composite body on. Oh, okay. And you saw some of the crashes where they, uh, you know, pretty much disintegrated. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I didn't know that they had those bodies. I, I thought there were some terrible looking wrecks that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: they, were just, they were just exploding, <laughs> but it, so that was more of a design.
9: Well, I'm not sure whether it's design or not, but it's just, uh, you know, an inherent quality of the composite. Got to remember, cup cars have had composite hoods and deck hoods now for a few years, and uh, they're pretty darn tough. Uh, the body panels are a little bit different, but, uh, you know, using, quote, plastics and resins, you can make most anything you want, and you can make it very consistent, Uh But where aluminum and uh, rexan tend to expand with heat, some of these composites actually shrink a little bit. Uh, So it's still going to be critical going through, you know, when the cup cars go to the uh, composite bodies, it's going to be very critical that you keep the car at a constant temperature before you go through. Because when you're talking about, you know, the uh, thousandths of an inch that uh, the tolerance is, uh
2: you know, temperature can make a big difference. Well, you know, Nelson, we, 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 me and you made a, a beef about that uh, years ago. Uh, when it started going, to almost, you know, got down to sixteenth, uh now zero tolerance, you could have the car that it perfect and just load it and put it on the truck. And it moved around a little bit and drop it off. And stuff had changed. You know, it, it just... But I did not know that about the composite uh, possibly actually swelling. I know that it's some awful good material to make, uh, I guess, the, the tubs and the, uh, the Indy cars, in the Formula One cars. But uh, what happened to the laser deal? I, 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 I thought they were okay, in love with the
9: laser, la- Okay, the laser's on standby. This new optical scanning system they have, uh, which has 16 cameras up and around the car, one camera underneath. And then they have six projectors, six to eight projectors, that uh, project different patterns on the car. That uh, it's like,
3: uh, (laughs) like the grocery store.
9: (laughs) Well, now you remember the uh, the Roma bar where you got uh, put uh, millions and millions of spots all over the car. You know where you measured the car. Well, uh, this is the latest, greatest system where they do it in a matter of uh, two to three minutes. They measure the whole car. You get a printout on it, uh, you know, and it shows you, you know, it, it, color-wise, hey, you need know, to fix this area or, you know, the car's okay and it goes through. So far, they've been a lot less problems with than with the laser system last year, but it's still early on.
1: That's uh, d- so, uh,
9: <laughs> some of the teams have, uh, have this uh, optical scanning system. Uh, it's very expensive and uh, it's on back order from the manufacturer. And then you still have to fabricate, you know, all your uh, fixtures and everything for it. But uh, I know Furniture Row has it. I'm pretty sure Gibbs and Hendrick, uh, you'll, uh, and I'm sure if the one of the four teams, you'll have it in house. If you don't have it in house, you're having to constantly go back and forth the R and D center to get it measured over there. Well,
1: I'm telling you, I'm sitting here with my jaw dropped at this. <laughs> I mean, this just, just blows my mind. But we gotta get our picks in. We're going to do it different this year. We're not gonna. Um... We're going to make it real simple. If you pick the winner, you get a point. If nobody picks the winner, nobody got any points that week. So we'll let you go first. Well, actually, Ronnie's already gone first. He wants Bowman uh, because he's sticking with that 88. He's going to ride that horse till it wins one, I guess. Well, I'm going to keep trying right now. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Nelson. Who you want?
9: I think I'll take the soup car then.
1: Well, I was afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it. We talked about that
2: about 45
9: minutes. I
1: yeah. told him out there in the lobby, I said, I'll take the two unless Nelson wants him, so uh, that's okay.
9: you got to remember, he's in a backup car, and he's got a fresh engine, because it's not, uh, the rule this year is you have to run the same engine in two different races. Oh, wow. The engine the he ran the qual- uh, in the uh, dual race was from Talladega last year. Okay. They tore, uh, NASCAR tore it apart, looked at it, let them put it back together, the and they sealed it. So that's the engine that he ran uh, in the duel.
1: Okay. I'm going to take Lugano. But, Greg, who do you want?
2: I got to go with that 21 because I said it at the end of last year that Paul Menard is a better driver than what he's been showing in, in Childress' car. He has one in Indy, and except for just getting out of line
1: one time, he, he he was in a position to win that 125 miles. So I'm I'm gonna go with the woods. Okay, Nelson. We appreciate you coming on. Have a good time down there in Daytona, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you.
9: Okay, sounds good. Talk to you
1: later. All right, it's Nelson Crozier from the Daytona International Speedway. The man is an expert on everything. I I, I mean, <laughs> millions <laughs> of little dots on the car so they can measure it. I mean, this is crazy. Why do you think I hung around him all the time? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he said it made you look real smart well it, it by may- osmosis you'd have to learn something well the thing is is i learn stuff through him and well,
3: you, you sit around with somebody like like nelson and he says something and you said yeah
1: that's right i'll tell you what i, I, I i'm he's gonna beat it. it to death but he's the, he's the best i'd put him up against anybody on any show but we have a wrap on our first show of the season boys i think we uh got this thing off to a pretty good start i, I enjoyed it i had fun this morning yep well that, that's all i can judge it by yeah well we'll come back next week uh greg uh, you got a uh, four or five days to come up with uh another guest i'm having a knee replaced on wednesday so uh, i'll be hobbling in here next week you might get to meet hannah somebody's gonna have to drive okay. me for a month and uh, we are going to come back next week at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. And we appreciate everybody that listens. Give us a call with uh, next week. And welcome to Start Your Engines. Next week, we will uh, be back. And in the meantime, y'all keep it between the fences. Bye, y'all.
0: You've been listening to Start Your Engines. We are Fox Sports. The home of Gamecocks baseball is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at (laughs) 98.3.